The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, Georgia's Box, where we talk about your 2019 World Series champion, New York Yankees. As always, I'm your host, JJ, joined by my co-host, Keith McPherson. Keith, how you doing today? Yo, what up? I am maintaining, surviving, uh, freshly back from... That flight, uh, Coachella 2019 is in the books. That Ariana back to you're business. Thirty-year-old man who went to an Ariana Grande concert in the desert. Bro, I love Ariana Grande. I used to hate on her, and as soon as I stopped hating on her, my life improved. She killed it. She might have been the best closer this year, and maybe one of the best Coachella performances of all time. Facts, straight up. Yeah, with all the shitty in sync members, all right. So Keith is back from the <laughs> Keith is fresh back from the Influencer Olympics. Uh, yeah. And guess what? He came back to a dumpster fire of New York Yankees baseball. We are recording this on uh, Tuesday afternoon, so the Yankees are about to kick off a series with the Red Sox. Uh, so if you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, I hope we just beat the shit out of Chris Sale. But we have to. Over the last week, it has been a bit of a nightmare for the Yankees. Um, when you when you think about it, from where we sat a week ago, looking at things on a Tuesday afternoon. We said, all right, we just blew a game in Houston. Let's go. Let's figure out, get, you know, maybe these next two. Let's have the White Sox come to town. Let's beat up on them. And we did pretty much the exact opposite. We uh, blew another game on Tuesday, lost again on Wednesday. We lost on Friday. We lost on Sunday. The only good thing we've had happen this week is CeCe Sabathia pitch for us on Saturday for a 4 nothing win. But, um, I'll tell you what, we've been talking percentages, 0 to 100. How worried are we? I've been 0 for a while. I'm getting a little nervous. Yeah, man. Uh, I was at 20, and then I think I went back to 0. Now I'm back at, like, 20. I'll go up to 25, 30. This is, uh, this is concerning. This is concerning. Yeah, I mean, it's early in the season. All right? So we, we've got to temper it with it's early in the season, but... When you look at it, for a team that's got 147 games left, there's a reason I'm a baseball fan and uh, not as big of a football fan because it's too much, too quick for me. We've got 147 games to go. What's starting to concern me is we're not getting kind of a, a ton of great news. And when you look at the opportunities that we've had in being ahead in Houston and blowing those games, uh, being ahead against the White Sox, blowing those games, um, this best bullpen that's ever been assembled has gone out, and we had the lead in 14 of 15 games that we've played, and we are sitting at a ripe 6-9. and nine. So that's not really not what we need. It's not, not what we're looking for. It's not what was promised to us. Dude, it's like we can't close games, and that hurts. It hurts to have the lead, especially when you're watching a baseball game. You get the lead early. You go up. You think you're in the driver's seat, and then you just watch it all 
fall down and just watch it all slip away, it's it's uh, it's defeating. Those are the harder losses to take. You know, when we lost that first game to the uh, to the Astros and we battled and we lost it late with the bullpen, it's like, all right, these are the Astros at full strength. You know, we're gonna lose a game, but then we ended up being in all three of those games and getting swept. And then in the White Sox series, we were in those games too. And I mean, I didn't watch all of them because I was uh, in Palm Springs, but I tried to set up the Fox Sports Go, and every time I turned it on, something bad was happening, and I'm just like, what is up with us? I don't know how you felt. Uh, Saturday, at least the Bronx Pinstripes crew brought us a win. CC looked good, but that was the one shining moment of the weekend. I didn't. I feel like I didn't miss much. I think the issue in these games, so the, the relief pitching has not been spectacular. It hasn't been that shutdown uh, bullpen that we thought we'd have. Yeah, or we best never bullpen have, in baseball. Yeah, ever in the history of the sport. But we're also not getting timely hitting. We're not driving in runs late in the game. We're not, um, you know, aside from that Clint Frazier home run in Baltimore, you know, more than a week ago that came in the eighth inning, we're not really driving guys in late. Even the game that we won on Saturday where, you know, CC pitched great and the bullpen did their job, it was – you know, it, it was a scoreless game for a long time until we came through with a couple clutch hits. You know, Clint delivered. Tyler Wade sack bunted a guy in um, like only I could do at the major league level. And it was, you know, it, we started to get a little bit of that feeling. We started to feel good about things because every win does give you a little bit about, you know, everyone gives you a little bit of hope. But when you come out and you shit the bed on Sunday and lose in a game that, like, it just never really felt that we were in. I mean, we were up 2 nothing early, but we gave up that grand slam, and then really nothing happened after. It's tough to get behind this team. Now, I know that we're still going to win the World Series, and really what I'm looking for at this point is, what's that turning point on the DVD? What's the thing that happens where they go, oh, and this is when they turned it around? Because I think at the end of the day, I've said this on every podcast we've done, water finds its level because the Tampa Bay Rays sitting at 12 and four are not going to win this division. The Baltimore Orioles who are, they would probably, there are a couple high school teams in the Bronx who would give them a good run for their money, like maybe a Clinton or a Monroe. They would give them a good run if they could use metal bats. And the Orioles start off the season playing the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Yankees. Like, they're playing teams that are playoff teams and winning, but I don't think they're built to hold, to hold out. So now, sitting, you know, percentage points ahead of the Red Sox, this isn't a make-or-break series, but it's definitely an important series and an important uh, time for us to really step it up just from a morale standpoint. Yeah, I'm just waiting. I don't know what it's going to take. Uh, like you said, the turning point. Like, who lights the fire under this team? Who comes back and goes on a tear? Or which one of these guys just step up? I mean, like, Glaber stepped up. Clint stepped up. Judge is playing well. But, like, who is the guy? I know CeCe coming back into the clubhouse, veteran. That gives us a boost. But we need somebody to light a fire under this team and say enough is enough. You know, Judge early with the backs against the wall comment. Um, I don't know. Who do you think is the guy? Is it Boone? Like, who do we need to fire this team up and get us on, like, uh, get us back on our winning ways and get us on a hot streak? So here's the thing that I've never said in my history of doing this online. I've never called for someone's job, but someone has to get fired. I don't know if it's Boone. I don't know if we're looking at Terry. I don't know if it's Rothschild. Someone has to get fired. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, obviously George Steimer did things different ways. Obviously, this show is a tribute to him and his owner's box. But at the end of the day, something has to get shaken up. And maybe if someone's head rolls, we'll, we'll see a fire lit under someone's ass. Like you said, you know, Judge is playing not just to win. Like, Judge is playing to be the face of this team, the captain, the face of baseball. Clint yeah. Frazier is playing for a career, essentially. And then, you know, Gliber's trying to establish stuff. But some of these guys, just like, I'm not sure exactly what they're playing for. Or really, for, from the coaching staff, what are you even coaching for right now? You know, do you feel that pressure? And even if it's a low-level guy, I'm not saying it has to be Boone yet. But 
There's a reason he has a very low contract, because it's money we can walk away from. The only issue is, I don't know who you go to next, because we are in a, we're in a win-now mode. So if you let Boone go right now, who do you bring in midseason? You're kind of giving up on the season. It's too early for that. So I think someone under him, even, fuck it, strength and conditioning, you're out. Someone's got to go. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, as soon as you do something like that, it sends a message. And we need to send a message that, man, nobody's job is safe. Like, we're not here to get embarrassed by the White Sox at home. Like, we should be rolling these teams. We should be winning games. The hype train has left the building. So now we need to just get real with ourselves, and we need to show up to the park and know that, like, we're not world beaters. This team has the talent, but guys have to play. And if we need to send a message, you know, I, I think uh, back in the day, George would have already said some things in the media. He might have already sent some messages to some people, called some people into the office and just set the tone. That's what I'm waiting. I have like in this first, I don't know, month and a half, like we're in. Well, no, we're in uh, we're in April, like 15. Really, now. It's like, only half a month. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that long, but it seems longer. It seems like a long struggle. But like we we can't go on into May, June like this. Like something has to happen now. Like a message has to be sent now. And I don't know what it's going to be or what's going to happen. Like I said, I don't know if we need somebody to come back. Like Giancarlo comes back and hits his god level where he was, you know, with the Marlins hitting home runs every day. I don't know who needs to come back and fire this team up. I don't know who needs to get the fuck off this team or get fired. So that it sends a message through the, through the, like through the whole club clubhouse that like yo no one's safe and we got to start winning games now. And I think when you know I think we're starting to see some frustration in Aaron Boone's comments that this team's about to turn the corner, and then Aaron Judge was asked that and he gives a look of like, the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? Like we are right. Judge is saying all the right things. <laughs> he's being Jeter esque in his comments. He's not taking down his manager. He's not taking down the team. He's giving those short Jeter-esque answers that he's given really the whole time he's been here. But you could tell the frustration is building. And he, he's not happy with the way things are going. Maybe some of the decisions that are being made. Um, you know, it, it really is, there has to be a turning point. Because, yes, we do have these two games against the Red Sox. And, you know, we could lose both of them and we're still right behind. We have so many, like, right. you know, we've, we've so far to climb. And it's easy to say... The Yankees right now are stinking because they're injured, whereas Boston is totally healthy and they just stink. But, right, right, right. again, these are the defending World Series champions who have the reigning MVP. They have Chris Sale. They have David Price. They have Rick Porcello. They're, they have a rotation of, you know, all-star Cy Young starters. They have an all-star lineup. They're going to yeah. figure their shit out. So it's a Absolutely. matter of opportunity. We have the opportunity right now as a team to go ahead and build. We should be up so many games on this division. We should have the lead over the Red Sox that the Rays have. They have a six-and-a-half game lead. We should have a six-and-a-half game lead right now, but we don't. And, it, you know, we get the shot in the arm from CC, and it's great to see CC back. I know we talked about it when we did test episodes. I don't even remember what was a real episode, what was a test episode, because we did so many of them. But CC came back, gave us five scoreless innings, one hit, no walks. He did that to finish last season. He's the first person to, to ever do that in back-to-back -back starts. And at the same time, after a loss, since 2017, he improved to 14-1 and with a 2.81 ERA. So CC has been... And he's only been back for that game, and then he was around the team on the Sunday game. But I do kind of look to CeCe to be the fucking nuts on the table. Are we yeah. doing this, boys? You know, Dad's here. Dad is here, and yeah. he is pissed. And this is his farewell tour, right? Are we doing this shit or no? This is his last year, because he didn't have to come back for this. He could go back to and drinking. <laughs> he could go back to eating donuts, man. He could be on the couch at his crib watching this. Are we going to win the World Series this year? Is that the goal? I'm pretty sure it was World Series or bust two months ago when everyone was hyping us up. Everyone was telling us how great we are. I definitely look at CC to be, be that voice, be that presence, because we're digging ourselves into a hole here. And I know it's early, but you got to think, if there's no sense of urgency, that hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And right now, with the Red Sox coming to town, the defending World Series champs, 
we do not need to put the battery in their back by losing two games to them, and then all of a sudden that fires them up, and then they go on a tear for the rest of the season. That's all it takes. They beat the, their rivals at home. The media loves it. Their fans love it, and now they're back on track. Like, we absolutely can't let that happen. Yeah, I mean, everyone's been waiting for Chris Sale versus Mike Talkman for years, and now we're finally going to get it because <laughs> that, you know, that's where we are. And it's exactly what you said. Right now, Yankee Stadium is like, um, I don't even know what it's called, but you know, like when you play like racing games as a kid and there was like, as you're driving, you could hit a spot that would like shoot you faster. Yeah. That's what Yankee Stadium is for every team. It's a boost for every team. And if it becomes that for the Red Sox, we are in legitimate trouble. If we go out and get a split, like we've kind of got to be happy there. Um, Just because things have been so bad that it's just, it's almost impossible to I would have never guessed this. Like if you told me even with like with the injuries, it's uh you know, we've gotten we've had so many injuries, but Yeah. It's just it's fallen apart so fast. I don't think it'll I hate continue. To say it, dude, we talked about this. We said we said we said very early, and like I don't know what was a test episode or I real episode us. either. It's me. Now. I jinxed us. <laughs> no, you jinxed Tula. But um, we said, man, we were saying in spring training. The injury bug. And then we started hearing news about Seve and Hicks and Batances. And I'm like, the only thing that can slow this hype train down is injuries. That's why I tapered my wins, you know, back in February, January, I was saying 100 wins. And I'm like, I don't know, 90 wins. We should be able to figure out how to win a division. But if this team isn't help- healthy, Voltron is not formed. The collective is not as strong. We're We're not, like... We're not looking to see number 39, Mike Talkman out there, Gio Urshela, uh, even Tyler Wade. Like, these aren't the guys that are supposed to be the World Series guys. When you're dreaming of the Yankees winning the World Series, Mike Talkman doesn't walk us off in any of those games. Like, it's not, this is not what we were looking for. Mike Talkman couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. He dude, looks fucking He shouldn't be lost. on his team. He looks he lost. He shouldn't even be on his team. He looks so lost. So, All right. I mean, you're listening to this after the fact, but, you know, for Tuesday night, we're sending James Paxton up there. And this is another thing that frustrates me with this team. James Paxton has struggled since he's been in New York. Yeah. He said, he admitted, maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself. Um, you know, and, and we've seen that before. I mean, last year, Stanton slumped because he didn't have any furniture in his apartment. But yeah. for these guys, I get it. They're Major League Baseball players. I'll give you, if you say... If you come up and you stand there and say, I think I've been putting too much pressure on myself. I need to get back to being me or whatever it is that Paxton said. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But where I will, where I kind of blame him, but I blame again the coaching staff, is it looks like James Paxton in Houston was tipping his pitches. He had mm-hmm. a different hand motion that obviously they don't give that away of what he was going to throw and that he was going to throw a curveball. So he was throwing really good pitches that guys are getting a piece of that they want normally, or they're taking pitches that normally they would chase. There was a little bit of an accusation of sign stealing going on from second base, which I'm totally fine with. That's part of the game. If it's a player on the field who's stealing signs, hide your signs better. As long as they're not using cameras and stuff like that, I'm totally fine with it. But what did Larry Rothschild do about tipping these pitches? Absolutely fucking nothing. Carlos Beltran is putting yeah. in work as an advisor to the Yankees and to Brian Cashman, and he's watching game tape. He's breaking down the film, and he goes to James Paxton and says, hey, can I talk to you? Come look at this. Here's what you've been doing. Then they go to Rothschild, and they go to the rest of the, you know, the, the pitching coaches to get things sorted out and come up with a game plan. But... That should not be getting all the way to Beltron. Where, what are these guys doing from a coaching standpoint? And at what point is Carlos Beltron the next manager of the Yankees? Hey, I'd like to see him in our clubhouse. Uh, I liked him as a Yankee. I liked him as a, as a player, no matter what team he was on. Um, it's, I don't know. That's just like, when we're talking about getting more bad news, like it's one thing to get the injury, injury news, and it's another thing to hear that, like, Altuve is smacking home runs off Paxton because he knows what's coming. And, like, Altuve is going to hit anyway. But it's like, come on, guys. Like, we got to be more buttoned up than that. And, uh, you know, these little tricks of the trade have gone on forever in baseball. Um, We know guys are stealing signs. We know guys are looking for any advantage that they can get. 
But we're the fucking New York Yankees, man. Come on. Like you said, like, what did Larry do about it? Like, if Beltron is, is coming to help him out and, and see something and, like, the word is going around, it's just like, this is Major League Baseball. These are two of the best teams. They're supposed to be two of the best teams in the American League. Like, we got to be more buttoned up than that. That's I saw that article, and I didn't even read it. I was just like, yeah, of course. Great. What else? What else is going to happen? Greg Bird to the DL? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> not that it matters, but I'm saying like all the updates you get from the Yankees, it's like I'm waiting to hear that like one of our players is healthy or somebody is on the track to come back or we get some kind of break. It's just when it rains, it pours, my friends. Yeah, I mean, Paxson did. I do like this as a team first guy because Beltron goes to him and he says, look at these takes, look at these swings. They wouldn't be making these swings or these takes if they didn't know what was coming. So... Then Paxson then covers for, you know, uh, Rothschild and says, Beltron was really good at it when he played, picking pitches, looking for tendencies of guys and stuff like that. Larry was aware of that as well, so we've been talking about it already, but seeing the video really helped me as well. No, you weren't. Larry Rothschild, <laughs> if Larry Rothschild was like, you know what, something's up here and did nothing, fuck him. That's where right. I'm at. Bro, are you allowed to go to your job and see a problem and not fix it? Are you allowed to be at your job and know something is wrong and then later tell your boss, no, I didn't really do anything about it? Like, you would get fired. Yeah. I think. Accountability. We need guys to be accountable. This is not going the way we want it to go because guys aren't being accountable. Things are slipping through the cracks. Things are just happening. We're literally letting things happen to us and... This isn't the Yankee team that is going to win the World Series. We need to make some changes ASAP. I mean, and it hits a certain point. Rothschild's been here since 2011. Maybe it's just time. You know, it's time for a change. Like someone, I hate to call for a guy's job because I wouldn't want anyone calling for my job in real life. You wouldn't want that. No one wants that. But right. at a certain point, you either need to do something to help us or get out of the way because – we're dealing with enough problems with the injuries. We can't have the guys that are healthy making mistakes that aren't being corrected by the guys who are being paid a large sum of money to correct them. Yeah, exactly. It's business. It's, it's not personal. This is the greatest franchise in all sports, and we got to get down to business, man. Maybe we need a sacrificial lamb. Maybe that's what it is, like, like we were talking about. Someone's got to – head's got to roll. Someone's got to get chopped. Someone's got to get cut just to send a message. I love Larry. Great guy. But I'm trying to win. And when you get news like this and you start pointing the finger somewhere, like someone's got to be responsible for it and someone's got to take the heat for it. So we'll see. Uh, tonight will be a very interesting game. I'm very excited to watch this game tonight, Sale versus Paxton. We have to go into this game knowing this is a rivalry, knowing the world is watching, knowing that we're looking to get on track and we can't miss any opportunities to do damage against the Red Sox in our place. I just, you know, I don't really love Larry Rothschild. I don't give a shit about him. He's never won me a World Series. You don't win me a World Series. I don't really care that much about you. Yeah, I can't say I love him. I say I like him. When I see him come out, you know, he seems like like a nice guy, and you know, I think I met him at photo day one day. He was very nice. But I can't say I love him because we've had too many things go on with this pitching staff in the last few years that, like, maybe we can attribute to his lack of coaching or his decision-making or maybe not even seeing what other people are seeing. Carlos Beltran is seeing something that he should have seen Yeah, and corrected. Controversially, um, I'm also not a big Don Mattingly guy because he never won a World Series. I don't care what you do. If you don't win a World Series, I don't care. I've met Don Mattingly. I feel you with that. That was before my time. I rocked the Donnie Baseball uh, throwback uh, batting practice jersey. But, yeah, I'm not really huge on him either. Well, I would get that because I I think uh, David Wright's not shit either. Like, I don't understand why Met fans, like, all blow David Wright. All the guy did was take a ton of money from you and not deliver. Right, and waste a lot of time on his recovery and I don't know, that's a typical Mets, like, I don't even want to talk about David Wright in the Mets. That's a typical Mets legend. Like, that's the, that's the, type, of, that's the type of legend that comes out of uh, Queens for the Mets, David Wright. Yeah. Um, so, don't ever compare him to Derek Jeter, Mets Well, fan. that's the thing. That's what they were doing. He's like, our Derek Jeter. And I'm just like, nah, yeah. Negative. I, okay. You're fucking F-O-H. Derek Jeter. Get out of here. Um, in terms of where we go as a staff, like we've got CC back, Mingo's been pitching good. 
uh, Johnny Lasagna's down in AAA. Uh, it's kind of a, a work in progress because we do know now that we aren't going to have um, Sevy back for a bit. Uh, he's got some inflammation that's unrelated to his original injury, so he's going to have to to wait a little bit before we get him back, which is not what you want to see. And we do have kind of lingering. It, it's been a guy that I guess I've kind of been obsessed with in terms of us doing the show, sitting in AAA in Gio Gonzalez, who has gone out there uh, in his first start, got shelled um, in his you know next two starts. He pitched pretty well, and we do have an impending deadline of Saturday where he can decide, I want to opt out and uh, go be a free agent again. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think he's the guy who shows up and we're fucking putting the floats together and cutting up the ticker tape. But no. I thought he could be something that helped us. I thought I honestly thought the injuries were going to impact the rotation more. I thought CC would take a little longer to get back. Once Savvy went down, I wasn't sure. I didn't think Mingo was going to be what he's been, but it seems like Gio Gonzalez is going to have a tough decision to make on Saturday because you just stayed a free agent until, you know, into March before you signed. Are you going to want to go back out there again just because you've, you know, had a couple good starts at, you know, PNC Field? Yeah, I don't know. He's 33. I don't think we've seen anything. Have you heard anything about like you know him putting together a solid outing or you know him pitching well since uh, in his spring training when we saw him kind of stink up the place? In his second two starts, his first start he got knocked around a little bit, but in his second two starts he's had eleven innings of two run ball with eighteen strikeouts. Um, so and you know they're obviously not looking early in the season for a guy who they're still who's really in AAA to get stretched out. They're not looking for him to throw you know complete games. So. He's finding some stuff, but he's finding his spots. But surprisingly, the spot where we thought there'd be an opening on this roster being in the rotation with injuries, it's not there. And the Gio Gonzalez experiment may end before it ever really starts. Yeah, and I bet a lot of people are chirping about uh, the decision we made to go with Gio over Dallas Keuchel. Um, that was that was a fun couple of weeks in uh the preseason where people were debating that. I don't know. It's tough for me. I don't care about Gio. I, I never really, like, when we made that signing, I was like, cool, good. I think I was someone that was saying Gio over Keiko, But that's just because I, I, like, have no love for the Red Sox, or uh, for the Astros and, and the Red Sox. No love for either one of them. But, like, Keiko, I didn't want to see him pinstripes. Gio, does he help this team? Do we have a spot for him on this team? Do, I don't know. I just... I'm not hyped about this. If we were winning, here's a question for you. If we were winning, would we even care about Gio Gonzalez right now? No, no, we wouldn't be thinking about him. I mean, we wouldn't. Right. And, and that kind of shows that we really only started thinking about him because we thought the rotation was going to be in trouble. And now the rotation, you know, hasn't been terrific. But, you know, it's not the best rotation in baseball. But at the same time, we are kind of, you know, we're, we're getting by. The rotation is fine. The bullpen has given it up. It's not like we're giving up 15 runs. Like, the, the rotation is fine. Tanaka has looked like our ace. Like, I, I'm rooting for that guy to continue the whole season the way he's pitching. And like you said, Mingo's filled in well. We got CC back now. The rotation is fine. We got a hit. There's I, I looked at the box score since I wasn't able to catch, uh, I don't know, the four losses we took since I, I left New Jersey. And there's too many zeros in the hit columns for a lot of guys. We got a hit. It doesn't matter if Geo's pitching. It don't matter if CeCe's pitching. It don't matter if uh, Sevy comes back. We got a hit. We got to get run support behind these guys. Geo Gonzalez is nothing to me right now. And you're right. The um, Tanaka's look great. Tanaka, he, he's had one rough inning so far. He gave up that grand slam. And that's going to happen. I mean, Tanaka has been a guy who's yeah. kind of notoriously... He gives up that bomb. It just sucks if there's three guys on base. Exactly. Um, so I, I don't think Gio, I, like I said, I think this experiment is over before it started, but I did hype him early and that I was excited about him. And uh, so I just, I kind of have to eat that L. That's fine. Like, I mean, it, it's literally irrelevant. If the Yankees, if the Yankees uh, had 12 wins right now, we wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a story. Like people wouldn't even care about what Gio Gonzalez is doing. And, at least 
the contract is set up where it doesn't hurt us. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're getting out of a, a minor league deal. Um, it's time to talk more injuries. Yeah, you'll, here here we go. You'll never. I, I mentioned his name earlier, but you'll never. I think you'll never guess who got injured. Man, <laughs> Greg Bird has been placed on the ten day IL with a left plantar fascia tear. And uh, Mike Ford, who has been, I don't really pay too much attention to minor leaguers unless they are um, really, you know, uh, unless they're like a Clint Frazier, um, a Judge, uh, Gary Sanders, unless they're really hyped, I'm not paying too much attention to them. So I don't know much about him. But this Greg Bird injury, I mean, we all saw it coming from a, a million miles away. And I don't know how, you know, it, like, how anything else was going to happen because with a tear there, I from the research I've done, he's looking at being able normal standing and walking may be possible in a few weeks. So mm-hmm. we may be seeing the end of the Greg bird era in New York. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely, uh, this, this was it for me. I'm done. Um, unsubscribe me from all Greg bird updates. I, I wish him the best speedy recovery. Feel better, dude. But in in the current state of the New York Yankees, I could care less about like this is so, it's so regular like this is the norm, and if you can't stay healthy, how invested can I be in you helping this team? Even when you are healthy, what did you do to really help this team? Uh, the spring training um, Hall of Famer, spring, yeah, the spring training Hall of Famer Greg Bird. I'm I'm over it, man. I hope this Mike Ford guy can hit. I think Jack Curry was tweeting something like he's been mashing. I think he, he's hitting close to 400 and got a, a few bombs in AAA. So hopefully that bat travels and he can do something for us. But Greg Bird, let's, it's just like, I don't know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Greg Bird has fooled me about five times. He, I'm good. Unsubscribe. It's just one of those things where I don't think his career is over, but – I think his career in the Bronx is over, and maybe if he goes and he's a Marlin, maybe that works out for him. Uh, you know, maybe he goes to the Rockies or you know something like that. That'll right. work out for him. But I think when it comes to, and it's not that like he couldn't handle the pressure of the Bronx. I think it really just comes down to, it just didn't work out. Like sometimes that happens. It just doesn't work out. The injuries at a certain point, you know, you got to believe in signs, and there's a sign that. Greg Bird is not the future of first base for the Yankees. I still, I think Luke Voigt's very exciting. Um, I don't know much about it. Like I said, Mike Ford, but now we got to go back to like who's the future first baseman of the Yankees. And luckily for anyone who made a smart decision and just bought a 33 jersey and not one with a name on the back, you're just, you know, <laughs> playing tribute to David Wells again. We hyped him up. That 33 jersey, he, he didn't have 33 his first year. That thirty that 33 jersey he took because Larry Bird. How dare you, Greg Bird? And then no, we, we all this we, we all, like, I don't think he had a choice. Like, if he came back without the 33, that would have been a tough look because everyone was just like, we got Bird, we got 33. He hit a couple home runs early. We we're excited for him. You know, we were ready to, we were ready to trade Tex away. I had heard rumors. Yeah. That, we forced it. Yeah. I had heard rumors from reliable sources that there were conversations before Tex retired of moving Tex to somewhere where he was going to be comfortable and just totally moving on from him to Greg Bird. But Greg Bird was never able to step up and, and really take that, you know, take the spot that, I mean, Brian Cashman did everything possible for him. Like, that's the yeah. guy Cashman wanted. And you know what? I think Cashman has overall done a good job, so you can't really blame him that much. He saw something in the guy. Can't predict injuries, but I, like, I, it's for, over. For me, dude, I've watched this for, obviously, we're both Yankee fans. We've watched all of this. And we romanced that left-handed bat, and that Lefty blinded us. Lefty lingerie. Right. He gave us one right. on opening day. <laughs> we, we romanced that bat, and that blinded us from, this guy getting in his own head where he can't hit. And then this guy's injuries where he physically can't play. We wanted that left-handed bat in our lineup so bad. It's like, I don't know. It's like that girl you obsess over 
because she's got the like greatest pair of tits you've ever seen, but nothing else to come with it. And it's like, well, once in a while, she's going to look smoking hot in that shirt or that dress, but she's a lunatic and she's got she looks great daddy at Co- issues. She looks great at Coachella, but she sucks to talk to in New York. Oh, yeah. You, you, her Instagram is popping. She's got the look. In your mind, you're like, man, she's wearing that dress. But then when you see her in real life, she's annoying as fuck. You see her in real life, she's crying all the time. She's arguing about where you're going to eat. And you're like, yo, uh, enough. Unsubscribe me from this chick. Unsubscribe me from Greg Bird. I've seen it all with him. I'm good. And, you know, from the little bit of research that I was able to do with Mike Ford, which should kind of excite us, he's, again, he's a lefty. Apparently, he hits lefties well, especially for a lefty. So far this season, batting 410. Uh, in the minors, five home runs. But also, he's a local guy. He went to Princeton. He's from Belmead, which I don't know where anything in New Jersey is. But, you know, it's close enough. It, you know, as long as it's not Camden, it's close enough to, uh, <laughs> to New York. These, I just look at the line. I got to look at the lineup for tonight. But I just been looking at the lineups, and I'm like, these are not your New York Yankees. These are not the Bronx Bombers. We are hurt. I think someone asked, like, describe your team on Twitter. Describe your team in one word to describe the start of their season. I just put hurt. This is not this is not the squad, man. This this team is hurt. Also, when they announced that Greg Bird was put on the 10-day DL, uh Jacoby Ellsbury was transferred to the 60-day IL, whatever the hell they're calling it. And I just got to worry. I got to wonder like moving Ellsbury to the 60-day. Like did that was that like an email that got stuck in an outbox or something and didn't like <laughs> this guy's been gone for a year and a half. What are we it's talking like, about? This movie? Like I don't. I gotta, I gotta Google Jacoby Ellsbury. Like who again? Like sixty day DL man. Just that's another guy. Like enough, enough, enough. I've seen enough. As long as we get the insurance, I'm good. See, you know what sucks? We talk about like a sacrificial lamb. We can't sacrifice these guys. We can't just cut these guys or trade these guys. Like well, we need. And even if we did, it wouldn't send any type of shockwaves through our bull, uh, through our clubhouse. These guys know what, it, what the deal is with these guys, with Jacoby and Bird. They're not looked to be the guys to carry this team anyway. You don't um, – you can't – I mean, we can't cut Ellsbury just because if you cut Ellsbury, we got to pay him the money versus now we're getting – you know, we get back like 75% of it in insurance. Right. Uh, Greg Bird, I mean, we pay him $1.2 million, so who gives a shit? You know, just cut the check and let's move on. But – I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I would, maybe he gets healthy and becomes a trade piece. Yeah, like maybe he's an add-on for something. Um, you know, we've got a lot of other guys who are injured right now as well. And when you look at, um, we've got Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks was up in the Bronx on Sunday. He's at Yankee Stadium, um, just kind of visiting the team, probably doing a, a checkup there, uh, and he's been. Putting some swings in in the cage. He says that there is a swings. But for the most part, he's been taking, you know, some soft toss, hitting off a tee. Um, and he says that he's feeling like he's going in the right direction. There's talk that he should take some on-field batting practice down in Tampa this week, uh, which is good to hear. But there's really no timetable for him to come back because at the end of the day, he hasn't played a game since March 1st. Well, really, on March 1st, he got injured because he didn't, in his own words, warm up properly. So, uh, I mean, he's still, in a best-case scenario, he's three to three to four weeks away. I mean, we need Hicks. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it's just watching Gardner field some of these balls that drop in center field. I don't know if, if Hicks is getting to some of these balls that Gardner's – not getting to. I think Gardner's a great corner outfielder. He's not afraid of the wall at all, and I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in Same. center, I kind of rather see Hicks in center he's and still then 35, get that switch though. hitting bat. Yeah, I mean Gardner's still a thirty-five-year-old man, and at a certain point, playing center field at that age, you know, it's almost like Bernie's last year when Bernie came back and he was just going to DH, and I even forget who our center fielder was at the time, but someone got injured and Bernie ended up with way more playing time than was expected. Um, and that's kind of what's happening with Gardner, and it, it does expose you at a certain point. But, you know, Hicks, we still could be four weeks away. Um, and Duhar, uh, earlier in the week, he played, uh, he played catch on the field. He did it last week as well. This is a little more distance. Says he's feeling better since the last time he threw. Um, and this was on, on Friday night. So he's also uh, swung a bat. 
He's taken 25 dry swings, 25 more for T, but he's only doing it at half strength. So mm-hmm. it's not – hope isn't out for him to just be able to, to rehab and come back from this. But at the same time, Brian Cashman has said, you know, he's feeling encouraged. We haven't pulled the plug on the season yet. But that also doesn't make me say, like, great, we're about to have Mickey back and, you know, we'll, we'll figure out how to make the best use of, of you know – what we have left time man this this is a scary this is scary to think about like this is a scary scenario of just time passing and these guys not coming back and us just digging ourselves in a deeper hole that when they do come back it's going to be one of those things where it's like playoff push yankees need to win x amount of games and this amount of weeks in time and no one wants to go through that yeah i no one wants to go i don't want to hear that you know realistically the yankees probably have to win you know 23 of 30 down the stretch. No way. No way. No way. No way. That's scary. No, this is turning into a horror flick. Let's let's be positive. It is. So, so let's Hicks, be, let's... Hicks is a few weeks away. Andujar a little longer. What about Stan? Giancarlo Stan has taken swings again. Uh, Aaron Boone said, and the, the swings have gone well. So his bicep is, you know, st- feeling better. They're still unsure whether he'll need to go on a rehab assignment or not. Um, Part of me is like, well, you know, let's not let's not rush into this. If he needs a rehab assignment, send him on a rehab assignment. The other part of me says, fuck that. This guy's an MVP. He's hit right. 59 home runs before. He's been in the major leagues for a long time. If he needs to go on a rehab assignment, give him one game in Scranton or Trenton, somewhere close. Let him play. Let him rehab in a day game and play in New York in a night game for all I care. Let him go get two at bats in a day game in Scranton and get in a helicopter and arrive like Brendan Fraser in the scout at Yankee Stadium because paying the guy a lot of money, bicep injury, it's kind of a bullshit injury on a bad swing, cold weather, maybe didn't stretch right, whatever it is. But it sounds like Stanton is going to be back soon, which is good. But at the same time, I needed him back yesterday because he also gives more protection in this lineup. Like he's, yes. we need that fear. We don't have that fear that we've had because there's just there's two because you've got Talkman and you've got Tyler Wade and we're scoring runs and Geo. getting pumped on. You know, we're getting excited for sacrifice bunts. Yeah, man, and he's making way too much money to waste any of his swings. If I would, I would be tight if he hits a home run in a rehab stint and we lose by one. And it's like, yo, we could have used that in the Bronx. Uh, get him ready. Get him ready to rock. It's year two G. This is year two Giancarlo Stanton, which I was telling people for a while, he should be much improved. The first year in the Bronx is rough for a lot of people. But this guy's an MVP. He's a savage. He's a beast. He's... A presence in the lineup that, you know, guys, they they fear. Um, we've seen him hit moonshots. We need him back ASAP. Um, like you said. He's been gone. Do a, do a game, in the, do a, a rehab game in the day and then be in the Bronx at 7.05 at night. We need him back. Let's force a transcript. Get him on a high school team. Let him play a 3 o'clock game somewhere in the Bronx and then get over to the stadium. Um, he's been out two weeks, and he did say, you know, about like two days ago, at this point, you know, when asked if he would need a rehab game, he goes, at this point, I wouldn't need one. But if I'm out three or four weeks, I probably should. So we yeah. are hitting the point where if he's not going to come back in the next couple of days, and he said he doesn't know when he is coming back. So it could be one of those things where, hey, just out of anywhere, you know, if he comes back out of nowhere, all of a sudden we wake up and it's boom, Stanton's back. And it's not like an anticipated thing. Like Stanton will be back on Sunday. Like, let's just get him in there. Yeah. Let's get him in the lineup because, um, you know, we, we need to get some guys back because Brian Cashman today, you know, went out there and he defended the medical staff. He said that, you know, he didn't really, you know, he didn't defend Greg Bird uh, and all his injuries. But, you know, he is out there saying that, you know, his, his staff's working hard, you know, and they, they have to reconfigure and cope with this and figure out, you know, where, you know, you know, where we can make improvements as a team with what we have. But, you know, defending this medical staff is tough. But I don't even know how you change a medical staff halfway through a season. No, you can't. I mean, and those guys are like, 
I don't know. I don't know much about our medical staff, but usually the, those suck. guys have. They suck. I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> and they have more like regular jobs where like their job security is pretty much intact. And yeah, I don't know. I, and I, I haven't gotten too deep in our medical staff, but come on. They, I mean, we're in New York. How many hospitals around? How many medical people around? Like get the best guys. If they need more help, bring in some other guys. We got to get this thing fixed. Surprisingly, though, because I thought it could be the end of the road for him. Troy Tulowitzki has taken swings for first time since his injury and says he feels fine. So we can see Troy Tulowitzki back, you know, any day now. I would love that. I mean, I don't want his career to be what, you know, what it seems to be like, you know, he strains his calf, tears his calf and then doesn't come back. I mean, I I, I also think he just gives us we need more we need veteran. we need that veteran. Yeah. Leadership. We need someone like I, fire. Yeah. He's a guy with some fire that yeah, he he always plays with fire. He's a guy that if he comes back, hits a bomb, He's screaming, let's fucking go, and, and getting everybody on their shit to play the rest of the game. We need that. Yeah, I need him and uh, I need him and CeCe kind of being those veterans, even though CeCe's obviously been here for a while, but we need that other veteran presence because I feel like it, it's just not, that's not who Gardner is. Um, you know, I'd like to see it from him, but I don't see him having all that, you know, fire right now where Tulowitzki, as I've said all along, he's, playing for his career so he's got a little bit more fire because of that uh, yeah for sure um uh, who else is hurt um Betances? what do we know about Betances? Betances still he's gonna be out another like four to six weeks um more I, it's funny i met this kid at coachella who's in arizona and he's a yankee fan and i talked to him in like how many followers how many Club. followers did he have Man, I don't know. I dude. thought you all have to wear like "Hello, my name is," and then like, <laughs> boom, how many followers? You Every got? I assume everyone there has got a couple followers, some kind of influence, figured out how to make it to the center of the universe, and that's why they're there. But I end up chatting with this kid, and he's saying like, "Yo, dude, you know who we need? Batances. We need Batances to come in and shut three batters down in the late inning, and just look like Batances again. Like that's who I want to see coming out of the bullpen. I don't want to see these other guys blowing it. And he actually like he wasn't that far off. I wonder like where is Batances in his you know because we heard in spring training what was going on and uh, I wonder how close he is to getting back we know when there's good Batances it's great when there's bad Batances uh -uh, don't want to see that and we know you can't use him for multiple innings like just bring him in in the seventh eighth shut a couple guys down right back out we we need we need a a clean inning from Batances soon well I mean Dallin Batances got a cortisone injection on Saturday for a bone spur in the back of his shoulder so that's not what yeah. you want to hear. Um, like, structurally, there's nothing wrong. But when you're getting, like, cortisone shots and you've been down for a little bit, I mean, realistically, we're, he's probably going to miss the first half. So, you know, and, and it does lead to a certain point you've got to ask, can this team tread enough water to wait for, you know, to get everyone back? And I know in 2017 that was the thing I was saying, like, we just got to got to get to the playoffs and like you don't want to be in the one you know one game wild card you don't want to be that second wild card team who has to go on the road the two times we've done it we we've hosted um we want to win the division we should win the division and right now with the current lineup that we have the current roster we have it's tough to say that we're going to be able to tread water but if we can get some guys back and if these guys like we have a team right now who could tread water for I don't know, another two weeks, then you, you throw a Stanton in there, and then that's you know less water that you're treading alone, or you've got a bigger set of legs helping tread that water for you. But w combine that with the idea that the, you know, like I said, um, and this is Katie Sharp had this, but the Yankees have had the lead in 14 to 15 games, and they're 6 and 8 in those games. Last year, we won... 80% of games in which they have a lead. And we need that again. I mean, we went out, we got out of, you know, we re-signed Zach Britton. We changed his name so he's not the Zach with an H who gave up a home run last year. Those guys have to step up and hold these leads because they're supposed to be the strongest part. It really is supposed to be the bullpen's the strongest, then our lineup, then our starting rotation is the weakest, and it's been the exact opposite order. And people just have to do their jobs. And I said this, you know, when I was at Barstool in like 2015 and 2016, I would kind of criticize Girardi. And Girardi did, I think in 2016, he did it late in the season, probably, and it was too late, just sat down. You got to call a meeting here, Boone, and just say, you know, and, and I know Scott and Andrew, they do their thing of, you know, kind of 
what dad are you? Do you want what kind of manager you want? You want a dad? You want a mentor? Whatever it is that they're saying, Aaron Boone has to look all these guys in the face and say, which one of you motherfuckers wants to be a major league baseball player today? Because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for grown ass men with some hair on their balls who are going to be major league baseball players. Because right now there's not a ton of them in that locker room. You've got Aaron Judge. You've got Clint Frazier who. They did everything to have him not be there. We've got Gleyber Torres doing it. And then, you know, of course, when it seems like we've got the old Gary Sanchez back, boom, put him on the DL. Yeah, Gary Sanchez. Oh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this team right now. I feel like. The bullpen. I feel like. Owen Leeds and uh, Chad Green, Adovino, Britton. Uh, it's like how many problems and issues can we have at – April sixteenth, just like I'm, like this is we've had twelve. This guys. has gone completely left. We've had twelve. We've twelve guys who've gone to the IL, almost as many games as we played. And I will say for anyone listening, I you know me and Keith can see each other. It's like I lay this stuff out to Keith, and Keith is like, "All right, I can see Keith like coping with everything that's happening." <laughs> and then I'm like, "And then Gary Sanchez," and he's like, "Shit, I forgot. I was in the desert on Molly." Fuck, I forgot about Gary Sanchez. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I'm like, I'm thinking about all the guys that are hurt. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did get that alert that, that Gary was hurt. And it's just like, bro, like, we can't catch a break. Um, let's, let's be optimistic. Let's play, let's play optimism for the rest of the podcast, okay? We know we're hurt. We know the bullpen has blown leads. We know guys have a long time to come back. But looking at the schedule, what do we have to do for the rest of April before May, I think we have some some games against some tough opponents. Well, we, really. we do have some good news with Gary is that he said he didn't really think he had to go on the IL. So I feel like with everyone that's injured, this is more precautionary. Like if it was still a 15 day, I think he stays on the roster. But since it's just a 10 day, it's early in the season. He had lower leg injuries last year. They said, let's just take the 10 days. We'll eat this right now and let's get him back for the West Coast trip. And I think that's yeah. exactly what we should do, is really look at what the Yankees have coming up, because one thing with this season um, is we haven't played many games. We've had a lot of off days. Um, we had a rain-shortened game, but the Yankees have already had four off days, and right now we're kicking off 13 straight games. So mm -hmm. we're starting off with two at home against the Red Sox. One will have been played last night by the time you listen to this. Four against Kansas City at home. We also have... So, when we look at the Red Sox, I am... And this... It sucks to say this. But I'm, all, I'm happy with the split. Because yeah. it's... You know, right now... Obviously, I want to sweep. To predict a sweep, if you want, I'll predict all day we're going to sweep them. They're bums. And they're a racist city. Because that's how I really feel about them. But, at the end of the day, we're going up against... We've got Paxson going up against Chris Sale, and then we've got our old friend Nathan Nivaldi going up against Jay Happ. And now, when you look at it, Chris Sale's 0-3 with a 9 ERA. Avaldi's 0-0 with an 8-4 ERA. Paxton is 1-2 with a 6 ERA. And then Happ is 0-2 with a 8-7-6 ERA. So we've got four pitchers who have stunk this year going out there. And then we've got the most dominant but sneaky, terrible bullpen in baseball against what really is a, a trash fire in the Boston bullpen. So, like, this is a coin flip of mediocrity that we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, these, these games could either suck or be really entertaining. <laughs> they could be high scoring or just be like 2-1. Like, I don't know what to expect. I'm excited for the game tonight. I think this is, okay, we, we had the night off uh, yesterday. Um, did you, did you hear about the guys going to Lavo? Have you ever been to Lavo? Um, I have been to Lavo. Uh, I didn't hear that they went there. What happened? I think I saw something about like judge Tyler Wade, uh, John Carlo, um, someone else being at Lavo, maybe Sunday night after the Good. game or maybe I'm fine with yeah, it. It was Sunday night after the game into Monday. I'm fine with it too. If like, enjoy yourselves, you're not doing shit. You have the night off. You have the next day off. Go to the club. I'm sure they're not, you know, drinking a, you know, eight bottles at the club. But they're just trying to break up, you know, the monotony. They have the night off. 
you know, maybe that's some team bonding. Maybe we'll, we'll see them play better today. Well, Keith, you now know that that works in baseball because you've seen Bull Durham. So you know sometimes, oh, sometimes you look just how need a it day all off. comes back around. <laughs> sometimes you just need a yeah. day off, and maybe that's exactly. what it is. You know, it's better than their last outing, which uh, when they went to a Michael Jackson show the night of Finding Neverland coming out when they were in spring training. Yeah, no, they didn't think that one all the way through. But here we go. So we got the Red Sox tonight. Two games. We got to get at least one. Then we got the the Royals, Royals coming to town. The Royals are we, sitting we, at five and eleven. There. We can sweep these guys. We got to sweep them. I know we're not going to, but I would love to if see If we take three out of four from the Royals, that's when you start to look at. I mean, let's say, you know, and let's play lay out the DVD. All yeah. right? The Yankees come to spring training. Hype machine. Hype machine. Going to run away with it. I mean, these guys are the Golden State Warriors of Major League Baseball coming into spring training. Couple injuries. People maybe not performing the way they should. More injuries. Season starts. All right. Big opening day win. Start to feel a little good. Injuries. Losing to bad teams at home that they shouldn't. You know, the Tigers, the Orioles. Go get a little hope. Sweep the Orioles. But then Astros blow games. White Sox blow games. But then what if they sweep the Red Sox? Turn this shit around, and you ride that Red Sox momentum because it really is a coin flip between these teams, and they roll right over the Royals. Now we've rattled off six in a win at home, six in a row at home, and I'll tell you what, Keith, you don't like sexualized tweets? My tweets are going to get so fucking sexual if we rattle off six wins in a row because I'll tell you what, I'm going to rip through my pants if we do it. (laughs) I'm with it, man. Shit, it might turn me on too because – this is a turn off. Everything I've seen, I'm just like, I'll either turn the TV off, turn, turn the phone off. We have to turn the corner. And we had the day off. Guys should be fresh. We got the rivals coming to town, rivalry renewed. Then we got the Royals, who traditionally we should always beat. And then we go on the road to Anaheim to play the Angels, play the, play the Giants. And then we got the, what, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes. Okay. So lo- looking at the 13 games, it's two Boston at home, four the Royals at home, five, four in a row in Los Angeles. Well, playing the, the Angels, Angels of Anaheim, stupidest name in baseball, who are also, they're an 8-8 eight and eight team. They're in last place in their division. They would be in second place in our division, uh, and they're just getting Mike Trout back. So that's always, you know, that's going to be tough games. And then going to San Francisco – and now we're playing, one, I don't like going to San Francisco this early in the season because it's cold. San Francisco is always cold. Uh, yeah. I believe it was Mark Twain said, the, uh, coldest su- uh, the coldest winter I ever had was a summer in San Francisco. It's always cold there. And I just watched a Chin Min Wong documentary on Netflix like two weeks ago. Uh, and I just started thinking about, him running the bases and kind of the injury he went through because I, I hate the idea of these guys running the bases. The Giants are also, you know, 7-10. and 10. They're the same team that we are right now from a record standpoint. Those are going to be big series to not only go out there and try to get some wins, but get back healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was the other night, uh, Gleiber got caught in a rundown, and as they're calling the game, Paul O'Neill just yells, don't get injured. That's where we're at. Paul O'Neill yelling, what, yeah. don't get hurt. Because we're all watch, watching this like watching a car about to crash. Like I said, a horror movie. Every time I'm watching the Yankees play, we're already depleted. And I'm like, ah, oh, Judge, don't break your wrist. Oh, Gary just wore one. Glaber, be careful with the tag. Because we, we, we're, we're one guy away from just, you know, throwing our hands in the air and saying, hey, whatever the fuck happens, happens. We need to get some of these games, obviously. But I think we also need... If, you know, if Gary can come back for this West Coast trip, if Stanton is right behind him and get him there, we also need to get these guys healthy and back so that we kind of stop playing almost like, you know, or at least we're cheering. I don't know if the guys are playing like this. It kind of looks like they are. We're playing a prevent defense, and we're getting picked apart. We need these guys to be back and healthy so we can be aggressive and go out there and do the things that they're supposed to do because right now Aaron Judge, you know, 
a ball gets hit to the wall, and we're all like cringing. But like that's what he does, and we need him to be yeah. out there doing that. Yeah, I mean it's tough because it's like the team is hurt. You want guys to play with fire. You want guys to play hard, but not get hurt. So it's like, and they know they they know they can't get hurt. Judge knows he can't get hurt. Glaber knows he can't get hurt because they're stars of the team. But we want them to go hard. We want them to make the plays. Uh, they'll get booed if they don't. So. I don't know, it's an interesting time for the Yankees and Yankee fans to watch us go through these these early season troubles. But we'll be all right. Uh, we're still we got some, we're still winning the World Series. Yeah, no, like that's still, I mean it's still on. It's still we, like you said, we gotta lay out this World Series DVD. How do we get there? What is the turning point? What is the fire? What is the so it could start tonight? We let's say we take two from the Red Sox, we take three from the Royals, and then we go on this West Coast trip, and we got all these ten o'clock night games. And, uh, you know, we win most of those and we, we have some, a break in between the, um, Diamondback series. Like we're off that Monday, then we're off that Thursday and then we come back home and all could be all right. And then the rest of the league has to play as well. So we'll see what everyone else's record is when we get into that first week of May. It, it is. And that's really, I think that is the optimistic attitude that we as a fan base need to have. I know we laid out early in this show all the doom and gloom. And, and we have to do that because we have to be realistic. Like, things don't look good. But at the same time, there is an opportunity. There is a light at the end of the tunnel if a couple things fall our way. A couple guys get back. A couple balls drop that, you know, haven't been dropping. A couple guys stay healthy. I think it can be a very exciting May. Once the, the weather starts to warm up, you know. I mean, Saturday, we had a beautiful day. We had a, a beautiful event. Bronx Pinstripes put together a pregame at the dugout. Uh, we had Section 205, all people in the same shirts. It's my first Bronx Pinstripes event, and I know you've been to a couple of them before, Keith. Yeah. This is my first one. Uh, to say I'm impressed uh, is an understatement. Uh, really, how, it's fun. how many people come out? It's a great time. The next event, I'm going to push this very early for you, is May 31st. It's a Friday night against the Red Boston Sox. Red Sox. Yeah. This is going to be a sold-out game. The, the stadium's going to be full. Now, you want to wait till the last minute, try to get something on StubHub or do whatever, go nuts. Good luck with that. If you want to have a guaranteed ticket into the game and a guaranteed, uh, you know, really just great time pre-gaming with a bunch of like-minded people who are down the clown, go to bronxpinstripes.com or shop.bronxpinstripes.com and for $96, you get a ticket into the game. You get a T-shirt. We all wear the same T-shirts, like we're a sorority going to pick an 18-year-old girl up from her room and, you know, haze her for a couple weeks. But uh, we hang out at the dugout. You get a beer in the game. You get a hot dog in the game. Um, so it's really a great time. You should come out. Go to shop.bronxpinstripes.com. I had an amazing time at mine. And, uh, Keith, you want to hear kind of the best part of it? Yeah, I missed it. Fill me in. So we're at the dugout before. And as you know, I have a little bit of a rivalry brewing with Andrew. I'm standing there talking to Andrew. And a guy comes up. It's right before the game's going to start. We're in the dugout. And this guy comes up and physically pushes Andrew out of the way. And goes, JJ, huge fan, man. Just had to meet you. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, man, good to meet you. Um, you know, I assume he's, you know, playing into the whole thing. So does Andrew. And Andrew's like, oh, that's, that's awesome you did. That's funny. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you listen to George's box, right? And he's like, no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, man. Just been a fan for a while. Love you on Twitter. And so he just that's great. physically <laughs> moved Andrew out of the way. Uh, very demoralizing for him. Uh, could still beat him in a fight. But uh, first, there's first round L for Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> there's more, more to come on that front. Uh, for everyone who's been supporting me, ride or die with me. Um, but we've got more events coming up. I'm telling you, May 31st, I'll be there. Keith will be there. The whole Bronx Pinstripes crew is going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Go out, buy yourself uh, a ticket. And uh, I think you can organize it so your friends, like you're in the same group, so you sit together or whatever. But honestly, it's all a group of same people, you know, rocking for the same team. Um, I think yeah. in terms of where the Yankees are, we know it's bad. We think it's going to get better. Uh, we, we can see how it can get there. We see how the DVD is laid out. But, uh, Keith, you got anything else for the people before we let them go? 
Uh, do it early as far as those tickets go. That ninety six bucks, like if you go on StubHub and spend a hundred bucks, or you go on SeatGeek and spend a hundred bucks, it's not gonna be the same as this. You pay to get food, the shirt. I haven't seen the shirt yet, but the Judge shirt that was uh, made for Saturday was sick. I gotta try and get Scott to hold one for me. You get a shirt, you get food, and really what you're paying for is to mob with the gang, with the crew, with the BP crew, and have a section where it's all Yankee fans, real Yankee fans, not. Tourists. There were not some people, people that just picked a Friday night with, to come to the game. Some people had names on the back of their jerseys, and I do have a Twitter thread for all the people. I might show up to that with my name on the back of my jersey just to get in that conversation and just to fire people up. It doesn't matter if the name is on the back of your jersey. I'm talking about you'll be sitting with fans that watch every game, know the players. Tickets in the same the section league. that we sit right now are going right. On We're all sitting in the same section. You'd pay one thirty. We're gonna be rowdy. We'll have the fat heads. And it's against the Red Sox. A Friday night in late May against the Red Sox, I, I can already see it now. It's going to be awesome. So get the tickets early because they will sell out, and there's only a certain amount of shirts. Like, you might be able to get a ticket without a shirt, but if you do it early and lock it in, you're good. And I can't wait for it. Like I said, I missed the first one, but I will be at that one and ready to go. Also, you get, you know, it was a slow game on Saturday. You got, like, four or five innings of just me and Andrew ripping on each other. Like, everyone yeah. could hear the whole crowd. It was basically a show. Um so, yeah, is that all you got for the people this week? That's all I got ready for this game in uh, literally two hours from now. Um, we got to get on on the right track. And why, why not just beat the crap out of the Red Sox for two days and then start rolling again? Yeah, let's do it. You can follow my man Keith on Twitter, on Instagram, at Keith underscore McPherson. You can follow me on both platforms, at JJ from the Bronx. You can follow the show at Georgia Fox Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Subscribe, rate it, five stars, give us a review, show us some love. We appreciate it. And I'm going to close the show out with this, Keith. Shout out to you for not shouting anyone out this week. Hey, everyone, we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.